I'm Pastor John Peterson. I'm Pastor Luke Ulrich. And I'm Vicar Jacob Kempfert. The Mount Olive Mankato podcast is your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. We welcome you to join us on Sundays in Mankato to experience the friendship of our congregation and Christ's love. For service times or to learn more about Mount Olive, visit us at mountolivelutheran.org. That's mtolivelutheran.org. And now it's time for your weekly message of peace with God through Jesus Christ. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for our meditation this morning is recorded in the first chapter of the Gospel according to John, and we read the first 14 verses. Please rise as we read as follows in Jesus' name. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness, to bear witness of the light, that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God." And the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. These are your words. Holy Father, sanctify us through your truth. Your word is truth. Amen. Please be seated. Merry Christmas to you, my fellow redeemed, by Christ, the Word made flesh for us. Christmas sermons are like cattle troughs. If you go to one and you find it filled with Christ, the Christ child wrapped in the swaddling cloths of Scripture, then you have found the true manger, and you have truly found the best and most precious food and drink that poor sheep like us could ever receive. But if you go to a Christmas Day sermon and you do not hear about Christ and he's not wrapped in the swelling claws of Scripture, then you've not found the manger, you've just found an ordinary feed trough. And what you've received there is what you would normally receive at an ordinary feed trough, pig slop. And pig slop is a terrible Christmas gift to receive. It's an even worse Christmas gift to give. The point is, for a Christmas Day sermon, We should go to the manger, because the manger is where Christ is. The manger is where the Word is made flesh. The Word that was with the Father from eternity, the Word through whom all things were made, is born into the world for us and made flesh to dwell among us. The manger is where God's Word is born to us so that we are born of God. 
The manger is where the timeless one from eternities was born into time at a definite moment that he created, not for the fun of it, not just to see what it might feel like, and certainly not for the judgment of the world, but born for us, born for our salvation. The manger is where the eternal God, whose arm, whose mighty holy arm has done great and mighty deeds in view of all of the peoples, now has arms that he can't even control yet. Little arms that are too short even to reach up and touch the nose of the sheep that that arm created. In the manger we see the one who owns the entire universe has absolutely no place on his earth to be born and so must be born in a cattle stall. John writes, he came to his own and his own did not receive him. There was no room for him in Bethlehem. There was no room for him at the inn. And the inn was the center point of social gathering, especially in these days and at this time where masses of people were flocking to register for the census. The inn was the center point of social gathering, the exchange of human news from all over, the exchange of human opinions, and there was no room for him there. There was no room in the restless talk and thoughts of men for this word of God. But yet it is by this word that we, who had no place in paradise, who were restless exiles, we are born of God. And so our place in paradise is secured for us. And here this word comes to us, and yet there is no place among us for this word. And so we must remember why this manger is not only important, but necessary. Why the word must become flesh. Because if we don't realize the seriousness of this sin, the seriousness of having no place in our thoughts or our hearts or in our lives for the word of God, if we don't realize the seriousness of all of our sins, the seriousness and the depth of the death that awaited us, then we won't have very much joy on Christmas morning. We won't have very much joy at all when those sins and that death are taken away from us forever and righteousness and life are given to us in their place. Someone who falls ill and so must miss a particularly grueling day of work will feel a certain amount of relief, but that relief is no comparison to the relief of the person who falls ill and so must miss his trip aboard the Titanic. Isaiah prophesies about Jesus that the people living in darkness have seen a great light. The people living in the land of the shadow of death have seen a great light. Those who have experienced great and prolonged darkness know the precious value of light. Those who live in Minnesota know the precious value of a January in Hawaii. Those who have never been seriously ill do not know the immense value of their own health. And those who know very little about sorrow also know even less about joy. So those who can't comprehend humility can't comprehend our Lord's humiliation. John says that the light came into the world shining amidst the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. The darkness was so used to, so accustomed to this darkness, it did not even see the light when it came into the world. 
And when we do not see the entire course of our lives as being the direct result of God descending down to us. For example, when we say that Jesus was born in Bethlehem, but we don't live as if our salvation was born for us, when we keep that salvation every day from being born again in our hearts, when we deny this fundamental aspect of reality, then we can't help but live in darkness. I once took a cave tour, and in one of the caverns of the cave there was this lake, and the lake contained a school of fish. These fish were cave fish. They had been there for many, many years, possibly hundreds of years. And so very slowly over time, generation after generation, their eyes grew useless, living in unceasing darkness, never having light. They had no need of eyes. So very slowly, their eyes grew weaker and weaker and weaker until this point when they were completely blind. What a great illustration that is. If we persist in the darkness, if we do not have the light of God's word in our hearts and in our minds and in our lives, then we will only know darkness. We will no longer know light. And when, when we left this part of the cave, when we moved on to the next cavern, behind us the tour guide turned off the lights in this room and turned off the lights on these fish, which made some among our group cry out in these cries of sympathy. Oh, these poor fish. You're just leaving them in the cold and lonely darkness? Even though it made no difference whatsoever to the fish. They were blind. They, they didn't even know the darkness because they couldn't even see light. So they had no idea what was going on. But yet I too felt this weird sympathy for these poor cave fish alone in the darkness. Even though it made absolutely no sense. Now imagine it was more than sympathy that I felt. Imagine I loved those cave fish. Imagine I loved those cave fish so much that I wanted them to have light. I wanted them to know the light and see the light. So I needed to give them light, light to get them out of the cave, light to live by, light to swim by. But in order to do that, I would first have to give them eyes to see that light. And so let's say I wanted to take it a step further. I loved them so much that I wanted to know all of the joys and benefits of the human experience. I wanted to give them my own human understanding, my reason and comprehension to understand why light is important. I wanted to give them my human feeling and emotion so they would know the comfort and security that light gives us. But the catch is, the way that I would have to do this is I would become a cavefish. I would take into myself the nature of a cavefish, so I would have slimy scales, I would wriggle around in the cold water in the dark, but yet I would still retain all of everything that makes me human. I would have my human reasoning, my, my, my rationality, my understanding. I would have my human ability to feel complex emotions, my human ability of expression, to appreciate art and sciences, to understand abstract thought, but yet every part of me would be a slimy, scaly fish swimming around in the cold, lonely dark. How humiliating that would be for me. And how much I must love cave fish to do that. 
And yet my love for cavefish is just the slightest glimmer of the immense, unfathomable love God has for us and shows to us in his word being born into the world in human flesh. God wants us never to live in darkness at all, but to know his holy, beautiful light of salvation. And so the word of God is born into the world so that we are born of God. We are no longer born of men. We are not born of human blood, which seeks only bloodshed. We're not born of human desire, which seeks only to consume. We're not born of human will, which seeks only to exert and exalt itself above everyone else, but born of God. Brothers and sisters, we are born of glory, born of grace, born of truth. The word dwells among us so that we will dwell with God. The word descends to us so that we will ascend to God. Everything Jesus did in his humiliation and lowering himself down to us, he did so that we on the opposite end of the scale will be exalted. We will be raised up and restored to God. He's laid down in a feed trough so that we will become the beloved sheep of his pasture. And whenever we hunger, we will be fed directly from the hand of the Lord of the universe. He's laid out on a cross as an unrighteous criminal before men, so that we will stand declared righteous before God. He's laid low in a tomb, so that we will never be laid low by death, but instead it will serve us. It is now our gateway to paradise. From the body of the baby laid down in the cradle to the body of the man laid down in the grave, we are lifted up, raised, exalted to God. And at the manger we find this. At the manger we see this gift of God. And at the manger we have the power to receive this gift. God creates the eyes in us to see the light he's given to us. And in the means of grace that he gives to us, the word and sacraments, he creates those eyes for us to see. The word made flesh is wrapped in swaddling cloths, and by this word applied to us in holy baptism, we are wrapped in the swaddling robes of holy righteousness. The word made flesh is nursed, and so receives strength to grow in wisdom and stature. And by this word's body and blood given into death for us on the cross, We receive in the Lord's Supper that very body and blood, that very forgiveness of sins, and the strength of faith to believe that forgiveness. And at the manger, you can be certain that it's not just a Savior being born. It's not just a Savior being born into the world, but it's a Savior who was born for you. He was not born in a king's hall where only the rich and influential may go to find him. He's not born in a private hospital where only those with the right connections can discover where he is. He's not born in a university hospital where only the most clever and learned of people may figure him out. He's not even born at the inn where his value may be determined by human opinion. He's born in the only place that the humblest of all people can go. And so he's born in the one place everyone can go in the manger. 
At the manger, it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter where you are from. It doesn't matter where you are at right now in your life. It doesn't matter how you feel about it. At the manger, you have the salvation of God. At the manger, you know the word of God is given to you. And at the manger, you may grasp tightly on to your salvation. Amen. Please rise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen.